Welcome to Panelism, the podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf and sometimes more. Well, actually, often more. It's, it's a lot more these days, it seems like, Todd. Uh, Todd A. with me, and I'm Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. You're Todd A. There you go. <laughs> but I was, just, I was saying sometimes, and then I was like, wait, not sometimes. It's often Oft- now. Often, yeah. Well, I mean, remember like six months ago when we had that one week where there was a terrible, the worst presidential debate we've ever seen, and then the president <laughs> became infected with COVID? Oh, that was just last week. That was 99, <laughs> I think. 99, right. 98, like, maybe. Time has no meaning <laughs> no, anymore. No. Um, and I told you before we started recording that my, my banter level was low. Uh, and this is just top of mind. It's not worth discussing. But I, you know, many years ago learned about the term outgassing, which is what <laughs> <laughs> plastics do when they're old. And all of a sudden, like, the chemicals in them start, like, coming out um, because I had Googled the question, why does my old MacBook smell so bad? Oh no. Um, And (laughs) what I would like to know now as you and I have had to relearn how to do our audio setup is what is, there's gotta be a term for like when the rubber knobs, the like rubber feel knobs on a piece of uh, electronics turn sticky no matter what. And that is the point at at which I am with my interface here which connects the mic to the computer so anytime like when you were asking for volume adjustments before we hit record i would touch it and then be like "Ugh, my fingers are sticky now and that's called outgassing no that's not outgassing i'm saying there must be a term like outgassing. oh i see i see out out sticking or something or interesting out out gooing or um yeah something it's one of those problems you don't really think it you almost think it only happens to you then you hear somebody talk about it like oh my god and then you google it and you're like i can't believe there's a term for outgassing i yeah. thought this was like a folk curse or something that was put on me by a, a gypsy at some point and yeah it just happens I, all the things i touch that are plastic just turn sticky yeah Gross. see fi- i told you scintillating banter coming scintillating from me today. banter yes and it's the <laughs> perfect tie-in by the way to what we're what we're going to be talking about which is the boys of course yeah let's see the amazon just... prime original show no i well that we i guess we could talk about that that one uh, oh we're just going to talk about boys in general exactly Woo. Yeah. Maybe another time. No. I wish the, I had a uh, K-pop band to like drop in there right right then and sound like really that would be awesome. But I don't know any boys. I was K-pop gonna bands. I was gonna start off with with the one and only Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, okay. okay. Build my my repertoire my my I, team from there. I'll but tell no. you about a boy who shows up in the boys, <laughs> and it's also a boy that like we should be talking about all the time. And it's really funny to keep saying the word boy in a very specific noun way. Is Haley Joel Osment? That guy is the effing MVP Wait. of everything he touches. I think. Remind me what he pops up in as the boys or in the boys. He's a uh, mentalo or whatever. He's like this guy that. Uh, oh in the yeah, first yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's he right. used to be in the seven. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Silicon like Valley, the yeah. boys. Uh, what we do in the shadows tusk what we do in the shadows all these crazy things that he's a part of like that guy is killing it i i love seeing him around what a great i love he is one of the he's he did a thing that like very few child actors get to do which is like reinvent your entire persona from your childhood sort of thing that made you like reinvent everything your physicality the care like everything about you um, and yet still be that same person where it's like, you can't even watch Sixth Sense and be like, wait, that's the same guy. Right. You can't. It's just, it's, I, exactly. It's, really it's almost like I, when Jackie Earl Haley reappeared in Watchmen. Um, right. And then you're like, wait, the that guy was in the Bad News Bears. It just see, has I, this strange yeah. dissonance to it. I have no connection to that, but uh, uh, Haley Joel Osment, but but I better remember people talking about that. Like that was a crazy thing. And can we credit or do we want to credit Kevin Smith with this? Because I, I remember the the Comic Con, one of the Comic Con years where I was able to see the Kevin Smith panel. He brought out Haley Joel Osment because he was in Tusk with um oh uh, yeah the yeah, I'm yeah. a Mac guy Justin yeah, Long Justin Long yeah and I was like Haley Joel Osment where has this guy been you know <laughs> and then since then it's like yeah I, I'm just delighted every time I see him show up in a series so. This anyway. uh, this just in from my wife uh, via text. I keep hearing you want to talk about boys, and I'm dying. So, <laughs> so yeah, MVP boy, MV boy, MVB, Haley yeah. Joel Osment. That's what there I'm saying. 
<laughs> I had forgotten all about his. You know what? So yes, Amazon's the boys. Just to make certain that you're on the right show, right episode. Um, you know, this isn't the one that that gets released right before we oh go to jail. God. This is a yeah. different one entirely. No, he. Um, uh, I forget Haley Joel Osment was in season one because season two has been so different with like a completely kind of new focus. Yeah, I mean, it's still the same thing, but it just it had a different sort of flow to it where it's just like that first season kind of, it's harder to access in the memory banks. You know, they do a little recap at the beginning, but yeah. you had said it, you had hit Drew and I up and you're like, I might have to rewatch all of season one uh, of this thing to re- just re- reattach myself to all the story, narrative threads and what have you. Well, and I, I don't know how much table setting we need to do because I, I don't want to drop my next comment there. You know, you know what's coming there, but um I, I do want to call back to when we talked about season one of the boys, our um, outlook was, oh, no, what does this do to the Watchmen? Like we were holding yeah, our breath, yeah. not knowing because we were like, I think that's what the Watchmen is going to be. And Amazon may have beaten them to the punch. And then the Watchmen was such an unexpected, like, you know, just gut punch after gut punch a- a- to the point where you and I were talking about you know before the last episodes our our, uh, our fear and our phrase was like is he going to stick the landing like is yeah. Lindelof going to bring this in because this yeah. requires such a great ending and of course we thought he did um, and then how that changed my expectations going into the boys season two uh, yeah yeah no that is mm, I had forgotten all about that I forget which episode number that one was when we talked about the boys I meant to look it up, and I'm so sorry. And then talked about Watchmen. So go find those in the archive. They're they're in there somewhere. I think they're they're all post one episode 100. I think. And there are multiple Watchmen episodes. We yeah right. We did we sort of did two at a time or something. Yeah. Um. But maybe that maybe it's time for me to spoil that and say you 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 mentioned this comment I'd made to you and Drew. You we were on a, a group text and and you were both talking about the episodes, not in a spoilery way, but just are you caught up? And I finally got into it after several weeks and then said, I think I'm going to have to go watch season, rewatch season one because I'm missing so many threads of like where they ended up. And I went back and watched like six episodes of season one. And so that's why Haley Joel Osment is top of mind for me because I, you know, I had that same experience like where he shows up and I was like, what? It's Haley Joel Osment. Like surprises me all over again. Um, Much like Jack Barker when, uh, when Keenan Feldspar comes up from a different side of the stage every time at (laughs) Hoolicon. Um, that's another deep, uh, you know what though? I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been sort of, I had this thought several months ago and I had lost it and you've, you've unearthed it again for me. Cause it was just like, I'm like, I gotta, I must tell someone this. Um, the guy who plays, I forget his name. Oh my God. The actor who plays Steven Tobolowski. Thank you so much for the save Todd. I should know him by now. He's, he's wonderful. He's lovely. He's, but he kind Ned. of appears. Yeah, Ryerson. He's, he's in a bunch of stuff. Like he's and he has all these kind of interesting characters that he plays. But he just kind—he's that guy that just keeps popping up in yeah. all these different things. There he is in Memento. There he is in Heroes. Uh, there he is in you know uh, all these different movies. And it's another like another Joel's, MVB. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's like Haley Joel Osment's kind of his uh, his like sort of. You know, oh my god! What opposite. a great comparison. I, know, if just, Haley Joel Osment ends up having the career that Stephen Tobolowski has had. That would yeah. be epic like i want to see that guy in everything because he just his roles are like like they're short enough and they're punchy enough and right. he does the most with it without it being overbearing that's just like it almost makes me wonder would that is if is that what tj miller could have been if he hadn't overplayed Ooh. his hand he One he must yeah wonder. and you know which is weird because um boy we could go down a rabbit hole there i don't know if you've seen crashing and tj miller in that but he's no he's so much more of that care of like a smarmy character where you think like oh is that more like he is in real life and like mm. silicon valley was the exaggerated cartoonish version but <clears throat> i don't know yeah i wonder if he could have pulled it off but but you're right haley joel osmond sticks around for long enough to be delightful the what we do in the shadows thing is per- a perfect example. <laughs> like, it's amazing when he shows up and then he's not you there know, after that. And episode. I think I'm convinced that the way he is when he first shows up, um, yeah, before he di- before he dies, spoilers. Um, it's in the first three minutes of the episode, folks. Um, when he first, show- I, I'm like, that's what Haley Joe Osment must be like in real life. Just sort of like, you know, right, really super friendly, but then like, you know, kind of you know, under his breath, like, ah, fuck that guy. You know, just just very sort of, <laughs> um, you know, or not, not even he wasn't even that sort of 
that sort of uh, you know, mean about it. He was just more like, no. eh, yeah, I don't, you know, cause, uh, Guillermo was like, well, what are you going to, what are you going to do when you're a vampire? He's like, actually, I don't think I want to be a vampire. I think maybe I'm going to be a warlock. I, you know, Guillermo was just like, are you, you're not even taking this seriously? He's like, nah. And as soon as they come back in, you know, he's all proper and, you know, helpful. And it's just like, I can, I can think that's, that's how he is on every set. Just like there he is. Well, I, I, I love that we're already pulling this apart because, uh, so to to wrap up and get us back onto the boys, <laughs> which we'll we'll get we'll, we have a lot there too, folks. This isn't just we're not trying I, to pad the boys episode. Oh, when I went back, so I had watched like 15, 20 minutes of the first episode of season two. Thought I really need to catch up. Went back, watched six episodes of of season one, and was so grossed out that I realized, oh well, I'm. The reason I don't remember stuff is because I watched it through the first time, like I'm watching it this time with like one eye open. Like, uh. I can tell something gross is about to happen, and I just look away, or I get up to do my dishes or something. And then I sit back down, and I'm like, what is, what happened? I missed, you know, you missed so much story yeah. in in the middle of the gore, uh, for better or worse. I went back to season two after that, tried to watch a little bit more of that first episode, but that's where I left off. So this, when we talked about doing this episode, we were like, hey, it's just going to be a freeform Taylor scatting and bebopping all over the place. So And so and, and on that note, we will be spoilering everything. So if you haven't caught up on boys, the boys, there, Amazon, Amazon's the boys season two. And, um, and I, it's nice that you say that because generally the the runner on our show is that you say things like, well, then he dies. Spoilers. And you, <laughs> you spoiler warning it after. <laughs> well, that's for things that there shouldn't be a problem. I know, about. I know. I well, and then Darth Vader's his father. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> um, which I that always amuses me. But um, is there anything we want to talk about? Like, do you want, do you want to intro themes to? Um, because oh. a lot of this episode is going to be your argument of why I need to just stick out season two, yeah. even if I don't finish season one. I agree. Again. I agree. Which, which I, I did say, finish the first time. I did finish season one the first time through. So let me anyway. let me add another bit of context because I love your referencing our other uh, review as it relates to the season one and Watchmen discussion. Because um, we you're absolutely right. It's like how you know because the boys sort of captured that subversive. Uh, thing that you know, the original graphic novel Watchmen yeah. got so right that has spawned so much of that. So then to see the TV Watchmen, you know, just take it even further and like just re-cement that in a in a cinematic sense, in a you know, in a visual sense that I don't think we've seen before. Like, or just it be nothing. Not enough can be said about how well that thing was made. Well, can I um, can I offer a little interjection right there? Because, sure. So I think. I mean, we, we both appreciate it and have talked about, like, the themes of the Watchmen graphic novel and, like, how much broader they are. But there is a tendency maybe to shorthand that of, like, oh, it's deconstructing superheroes, you know, ah, and seeing yeah. them as fallible humans. And I yeah. think the way that – so we, last year, were maybe seeing, like, oh, when we're getting a Watchmen series, it's going to be more of that part of it. Yeah. More of yeah. the deconstructing, showing behind-the-scenes stuff. We were not expecting – this powerful, uh, you know, um, story of like prejudice and racism and stuff like that. Well, that, but, but also, uh, also just tonally, it, oh, yeah. like it did, you know, like where the boys leans into, you know, the deconstruction side. Exactly. Of it. The boys has a completely different tone. And I think that's one of the things that the, the HBO series does, I would say even better than, than Zack Snyder's Watchmen is just get really nail the tone visually yeah. Um, you know, structurally, like everything about that, about the book, it just feels like it's deliberately, I mean, there's no question it's, it's part yeah. of that source material, but in its, you know, but a sequelized in a different medium that plays to that medium, but, but feels like it's a connective tissue to that tone, just everything about totally. it. Um, and, and you, you hit on exactly where I was driving, which is like, so the boys takes the anti-hero or deconstruction of the hero, like to the extreme in one way and then the yeah. Watchmen series really ends up playing the serious themes of the book yeah. so I, I mean I yeah. think that that made it a really sharp dividing line of like oh you know neither one of them is going to repeat the other yeah but I was going to say one more thing about context there's this um, this other series called the Umbrella Academy which had concluded its season two before um, the boys season two came out and I Really liked a lot of uh, of uh, Umbrella Academy season one. I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, it wasn't like jumping out at me as like my favorite favorite, but I was like, oh, I'll give season two a try. I liked season two so much more. Um, it just it hit me in such an amazingly. 
it, just, it took all the stuff of season one that we loved and got rid of all the stuff we didn't and just really doubled down on the visual, like talking about tone. Like it, it kind of didn't know what its tone was as much in season one. It really, it definitely knows what it is in season two. Like the way it shoots things Ooh. and characters and the way it sort of exp- it lives with its soundtrack. It kind of divide, you know, d- designs all the music, um, you know, almost first. Ooh. And then they kind of almost write the, it seems like they almost write the episodes around the, the soundtrack. It's amazing. Well, you, uh, but it doesn't, you to- recommended that, but that's the first time I've heard you pitch it. So yeah. that's, that's great. But it doesn't do it in a way that makes you go, oh, they're just doing what Guardians of the Galaxy did with like a right. you know, hit playlist. It doesn't feel like that. It feels more cinematic in sort of just the way they, they use popular music to kind of set the stage. And you know, just, you know, it's, it just hits all the right notes in that way. And, and then the mysteries that they're building, the arcs that they're building from season one are really, really satisfying. And they're they're doing it just slowly enough, almost kind of like Doctor Who, where you're like, oh my God, just you know, little drips in the IV. So I really appreciate that. Now, The Boys Season 2, tonally, is almost more like a Michael Bay movie, you know, in terms of just how it moves and sort of what, it, you know, kind of the way it treats its female characters, the way it just sort of works and operates. Um, and let's just call spoilers from here on out, because I think for me to say anything more would be... Um, would be spoilery. Um, the, one of the chain, noticeable differences, and this goes back to your comment about watching through one eye. Um, I don't want to say this. Well, season two, season two's violence is there, but it's a lot less gratuitous. Um, okay. A lot more specifically utilized. There are there are definitely some moments, but I just think I think pound for pound because you know season one starts in the first five minutes oh, with yeah. a an inciting incident that sets up you know the main you know one of the two main characters and, and a lot of you know the entire thrust of, of season one um, something happens it's just is gruesome beyond all I mean, it's just like it's it's so shocking you almost want to you know throw up in your mouth a little bit and I think that's what they want and so yeah. they kind of like keep and, I, and well, they carry that into season two but they dial it down just enough because they they like Watchmen. I kind of felt bad for them because if, if Watchmen hadn't come out on HBO, this would this would probably have gotten more traction. But they mm. also have a a racial so, kind of social justice narrative um, weaving its way through. Very a lot more deliberate. Well, do I want to say a lot more? It's a little hokier in the boys. Like they have like you know literal Nazis running around <laughs> like. Oh, you know, gotcha. just people yeah. like, yes, like actual like Third Reich members. Really on like, the nose kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so that's, I think the biggest difference is that, and then they just, they, they add that sort of more nuanced discussion about well, other, you know, larger issues that are, that are interesting. I'm glad, I'm glad that you touched, I like, because I think it's worth talking about that, that inciting incident in episode one, season one, where, um, uh, oh my gosh. I train. keep Huey. wanting to call him Quaid. Ah, well, he <laughs> Huey, is. Yeah. He's Jack Huey's um, uh, girlfriend is is Jack Quaid. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's yeah. She's disintegrated into blood by the I, super fast superhero hitting her. I would but, imagine like a supersonic blast before he gets there. It's just that's something. But then, but but then I'm Huey's always I'm okay. always exactly i'm like how precise does that have to be yeah. so maybe he ran just ran into her at such yeah. incredible speed yeah, well I, I, anyway it puts you on notice it puts the audience on notice and i i would actually because I, I i get criticized by my friends for for you know not tolerating gore in things that they think are culturally important quentin tarantino movies to wit um, but I, I think that's an important moment because it puts you on alert and you're like, oh, my God, like it's such an extreme case yeah. of an irresponsible superhero. And then he's piecing that together through the season of like, you know, like you're trying to find out like like you're, you're you know, he's your uh, avatar into this world. Um, the thing that's a, <laughs> on rewatching it that really stuck out to me is that this kid, Huey, uh, because he is a Quaid. He is like cut like a hero, like this dude. I mean, not like ripped or something, but you just see him as like that's an action hero, like in the making kind of thing. And I, but his character is well. Pause real quick. Pitch <laughs> yeah. for you. Uh, make him read Richards in whatever perfect MCU thing. Yeah, yeah. But right? he he's but the but they, there's very little attention given to like oh no, but he's a geek and he he doesn't go out of his like it's like there's. It's just lip service. There's never yeah, any yeah. time where you see him not being an action hero, except maybe this first scene where he's planting a bug. But even that comes off as like anyone would be nervous. Anyway, all I'm saying is that one initial violent act of violence is I can understand how that's meaningful for the plot, like the the girlfriend, that tragedy. 
And then from then on out, it's like it turns into like dead alive. Like anytime someone gets hit, there's just gore and blood being sprayed all over each other. And it's like, oh, wow, we're in like just a like this is like a Peter Jackson, like early 90s movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that I think was what, you know, I, that's what I don't care for is like just gore for gore's sake. So it's good to hear that in season two, that's maybe cut back and. It feels more like. Did you have a problem with it in Deadpool? No, not really. No, Season that's two interesting. Feels more like that. If, okay, if, if I can make a comparison. And again, they, it still has it, but it's just it's more it's more precise and almost used a more com I would say comic effect in season two than even season one. Um, it's definitely I don't think at all comic in season one. And that that I think is and and this is mostly out of the rewatch. Where yeah. it's like, man, people just explode, and it's just straight up oh, gross. Well, that happens know? in season two. Does, people definitely explode in season two. I did at least see I, where I turned it <laughs> off and went. I got to go back and see why we're in this place. Was when the FBI heads, like literally her head, exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that happened. And I was that, like, that that's... precise thing happens again quite a few times. So, oh, okay. There is gotcha. well. Let me just okay. So again, spoilers for on everything. I'm I'm going to talk about the. There are a couple of things. I, I there are a few things that I was like, eh, I wish this had been better. So I'll point those out too. But spoilers from here on out. Um, there's a scene about halfway in. Uh, because uh, okay, so 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 one of my complaints um, to start with is that they almost button everything up too well. Like they, you know, even at the end of the season, you're like, wow, there's everything's kind of clean now. Like it's just, this seems mm. wow, like what, what else? And so along the way, when, I mean, early on, um, they actually, Huey and star, uh, starlight, starfire, starlight, starlight. um, human, human, uh, Annie, um, yeah. get the, uh, count, get a, get basically smuggle compound V out of Vought, um, get the media to cover it. And basically out Vought as like, basically they're like, no, no, th this hasn't happened naturally. Parents have been giving their children compound V like, you know, to get money from Vought for years and like basically making bank off their children as celebrity superheroes. So like that's revealed and, and it's, it's revealed and it's like dealt with and it just, people move on really freaking fast from that like announcement. It doesn't like Vought stock doesn't really change that much. They have like a day of bad publicity and that's kind of it. And then, you know, even the, the relationships with between parents and children, nothing really changes so that brings us to this scene about halfway through where there's a, a congressional hearing and there's this um kind of aoc styled representative um which i noticed by the way there's that other netflix show called uh oh god space force with steve carell and john malkovich um right right not the greatest in the world uh but you know it's it's fun to have on in the background but there's a character in that show that deliberately, like every element of her is meant to be like a, mm. a Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sort of like clone. Even the name is like three Spanish names kind of like mm. together. And so th that's kind of the extreme extreme. The Boys has like a, a much lighter sort of version. It's almost like Elizabeth Warren and AOC kind of combined together um, into this character. So she's holding this kind of accountability hearing. And they wheel everybody in, and you know, Homelander's there, Stormfront, the new character's there, um, and they wheel in the, the the guy in the wheelchair, like the the, the former chief medical officer, um, who basically was was uh, Homelander's dad. They wheel him in to like be their sort of expert witness. And about two seconds into his, like the guy even saying, "Now, Mr. Vogelbaum, you're here today to like basically to set up the thing." His head explodes. Vogelbaum's <laughs> head explodes. Half like, and then just almost like in Kingsman style, like you just see boom, 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 boom. But unlike in Kingsman, you know, which was like a, a very cartoony sort of like you know, right. you know effect. This is like still cartoony, but it's very, 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 very graphic. Um, just with all his heads exploding, so. You know, a lot of people survive um, and come out of here, but that basically that was that was everyone's attempt. Um, the, you know, the, the main team's attempt to try to do this the legal way, the the right way. And so, as soon as that happens, it cuts it uh, fades on Billy, or rather, slow zooms on Billy's face, just like like basically like okay, that's we're doing this completely. You know, as, as immorally as illegal as we need to do it because this is there's not there's no point. Um, and then they, everything kind of shifts on that. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of gore and violence, uh, but it's tempered. I think it's 
uh, just it seems like it's it's funnier. It almost seems like they're dialing it down a notch or two just for people like you to go. Okay, maybe it was a little too much at the beginning. That's just my take, though. I'm curious if it, I'm curious if you watched it and go and would would agree or think I'm way off because I may just be desensitized. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think the uh, Deadpool comparison is a is a good place to start because that is actually the um, the the friends who chided me about my aversion to gore are the are were specifically surprised when I was such a fan of that, and I was like, yeah, but there's like a point behind it, like it's funny and it's you know it the it fits in the rhythm, you know it's not a Tarantino thing where he's lingering on the gore because that's what gets him off. <laughs> um, which is that's my read on Tarantino feet and gore. Yeah, well, feet um, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's almost like he's just showing. It's just it's like he's showing off in every movie. Like I know, you know that I I know that I do this, and I'm just I don't care. Here it is. Here it is again. Yeah. Bigger and better. Bigger and better. No, so there's that. Um, but a couple, a couple of my favorite things of season two. Um, my starting with my favorite favorite thing. There is, and it starts off very subtly at first, which I appreciate. Like, they didn't just beat you over the head with it. Like, those who were in the know were, like, in the know early. And then, like, at some point, it's like, okay, if by now you haven't figured out what we're doing, like, you're you're just dumb. Um, but they start to seed in the, the in-shows, you know, like, the show's in-universe version of Scientology in this yeah, thing right. called The Church of the Collective. And The Deep is, uh, we, we, we start his story or find his story again. Um, you know, he's still kicked out of the seven, uh, trying to rehabilitate. He's having a really hard time of it. He's basically getting pissed drunk in a bar daily, um, because he just feels completely irrelevant from what he did. And this woman comes up and kind of recruits, I'm sorry, no, another, another former, former soup. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that part. Yeah. I think he was a tier two or something, but anyway, he recruits him into this thing that you're like, Something about this seems familiar for those of you who, who sort of follow the, you know, the, the, the development of cults in this country, specifically Scientology. Um, you're like, something sounds, something seems familiar. And then little by little, they pull him further in and they keep drinking Fresca as like their sort of like weird thing that they all do <laughs> together. <laughs> and it's like, it just keeps happening. Well, eventually like the deep, uh, he gets, re- you know, they start, they pick him up a, a bride. They basically pick a wife for him to like rehabilitate his image, but it has to be a, a church, the, church of the collective, uh, like woman. And they have auditions for his wife. And you, slowly you realize like the deep looks a lot like Tom Cruise. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're sort of <laughs> trying to like really rub it in. And sure enough, they, I mean, they just lean further and further and further into it until the moment of glory comes when they actually run a commercial for the church of the collective that has all the same graphics packages. And like, like the way they shoot it is exactly like the way Scientology shoots their commercials. And it's the deep walking around through all these situations about like how he can use, you know, uh, uh, CC, um, COC like training to, um, to fix situations. And it's a hilarious video. But then at the end, out comes this guy in this impeccable business suit, like the most perfectly coiffed hair. And it says chairman of the board, church of the collective. <laughs> and he comes out, he like shakes the deep's hand and like, like basically like they pose, like he's, he's giving him a, one of those like you know ridiculous gargantuan trophies they hand out at, at their little events. It was just, it, it reeked of it. And then from that point on, they just, they dig, they dig deeper and deeper and deeper, like into the fact that, this is like their version of Scientology up until the very end when you think, Oh my God, they're like the big bad of season three then I guess. Hmm. And that you, 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 it's quickly, I love how they like dangle that in front of you for like four seconds. And then they just make that absolutely clear. Like that is not going to happen. They actually have um, that guy's head, the, the David Miscavige guy's head explodes at the very, very end. Like that's almost like the last thing you see. Um, <laughs> well, so like, and I don't know if you picked up on this and I don't know that it's meaningful, but it's always fun to draw these, uh, you know, uh, connections uh, that the I think the head of that church is named Alistair. Alistair uh, something, something. Adana. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's spelled differently, but it looks like Alistair Crowley um, <laughs> and one of Alistair Crowley's disciples, Jack Parsons, shared a house with L. Ron Hubbard in L.A. where they practiced the occult together, which is where mm-hmm. L. Ron Hubbard got a lot of his ideas for rituals because he you know, basically just lifted everything from uh, uh, what? Oh, sh- shit. What is that? I don't know. Uh, the, whatever Dawn thing that Guilfoyle. Oh, talks yeah. About <laughs> Hermetic. Um, Hermetic. Uh, something like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hermetic Dawn. It's whatever. I that's it's a reach. But um, it, they, they did pick a name that seems kind of loaded. So um, Jack Parsons, inventor of uh, rocket fuel. 
Yeah, and that weird. Guy. And then we're yeah. so yeah they have that that whole thing and it's it's a gag they play basically the entire season and they just keeps they keep it just they must have had this idea in the writers room and they're just like we're totally and they just they just got more and more into it as it went on, well, um, and it fits though like it it to, like there's so much stuff in season one that is this evangelical stuff. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. I forgot about like, that. Like they go to this like big church revival thing and there's the stretchy guy that's like you know, preaches all this like condemnation against homosexuality, but it turns out of course that he's a very poly person and um, you know, they, they sort of kind of blackmail him so that Huey can, I can't even remember what happens through that whole scheme. But I, to me that it's, it seems natural that the <laughs> backdrop goes from like the um, rock and roll Christians to the like darker cult kind of thing. Cause that's kind of what I, see happening in our country you know well so so the other the other wonderful addition is uh is it aisha or aisha cash aya cash i forget her name um the actress who plays stormfront right um who's just a delightful character from start to finish like she she kind of starts off as sort of a uh just more of a punk rock kind of just like i yeah. don't i don't care what vaught thinks or does she runs her own social media she's just she's very sort of hip and savvy with everything but she's also kind of a mass you know a top level manipulator you can just see her kind of working everybody she sees um which you know makes you think that she's been at it for a while she's really practiced at it uh, come turns turns out which another reveal that's that's pretty much midway um and you suspect it they kind of build it a little bit here and there that you suspect that she is um at least older than she claims because they there's the remember in season one they tease this um he, uh hero from the 70s called uh liberty um she was on like a, a beer ad or a oh, cereal ad or something and, and it's mentioned i forget okay. forget why it's mentioned but it, it's resurfaced again in this season and it turns out that uh uh stormfront is liberty and like they just sort of every and she doesn't like age the, or something yeah exactly so like the cullens they kind of like they kind of move her in and out every every couple of decades or so and you know kind of move her around like you know i think the the joke they make is like they move around like a catholic priest um and just kind of vaught keeps her Yikes. keeps her around oh, and like um so she comes back and and but she actually is older than that she was married to the 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 namesake of vaught i forget his first name uh, mr vaught <laughs> flaming nazi from from the you know the 30s like she was married to him so she's i think in the show she's like a hundred and something years old whoa um, okay um i forget exactly yeah i think she's something like the 120 years old or something like that um her daughter was her 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 daughter she kept a picture that everybody thought was her mom was actually her daughter and she had died i think at age 80 80 or 85 or something like that so her daughter had just passed away and then she came kind of came back out into the limelight again so she's she's revealed to homeland or anyway she kind of injured because she and she basically at first you think as faking she falls in love with homelander and then they have a they have a sort of a, a scene or there's a there's a there's a back and forth and then she kind of reveals who she really is to him and um, tells him that he's sort of that Homelander is what they all dreamed about, you know, about, and he was going to lead their, their, their new revolution. And she's very specific. She's like, you know, we're losing the culture, you know, and she just, oh, it's Lord. like puts it completely on front street. Almost. It's almost too over the top to where you're just like, well, you almost want to be twirling a mustache while she says it. But I'm like, I it, get, I get the extreme. I mean, it's kind of just fun to have everything be really heightened. I mean, I, I guess it's fits that they made it that I didn't because honestly, when she shows up and and they call her by her superhero name, I was uncomfortable. I was like, don't you know, that's a Nazi term. You know what? What are what is happening here? Like, that's not cool at all. <laughs> so I guess making it. Todd, are you saying that Billy Joel's 1989 album is also a Nazi Nazi paraphernalia? I would news. disagree. <laughs> I forgot that he had. Did he really have an album called Stormfront? Yeah. Wow. That's the okay. song. That's the album that produced. Uh, uh, we didn't start the fire, and oh, Down boy. Easter Alexa, and that's not her style. Huh. I really hope Alexa's everywhere turned on when I said Down Easter Alexa. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if Alexa, you play that. Subscribe to Panelism. <laughs> that's a great <sighs> idea. Stealing hey Google jokes. Hey Google. Subscribe to podcast panelism. And just in case, hey, Siri, subscribe to podcast panelism. Can, can, 
Can I can I clarify one point that this is such a bizarre uh, nitpicking thing that because we were talking about the name right there and uh, I, I you know my my research is that I have Wikipedia open in the background. Um, Tell them, Todd. I was, I was listening to this podcast that I will remain nameless, and they were talking about how delightful Boys season two is, and how boys in general like how oh, it's so great, and uh, and how they loved that Carl Urban could finally speak in his like native accent, and I was like, I've been shouting at Bluetooth speakers for weeks. But he is a New Zealander, <laughs> and he is speaking in a, like, Cockney British accent in this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that has driven me so crazy because it is such a specific accent that he's doing. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. Like looking at, I was looking at the cast list to re- refresh my name on, like, what that cast member and Stormfront's name was, et cetera, landed on Carl Urban. She's a great actress, so she she kind of does something different. I mean, she's she's a sh- you know she's shorter. She's a little bit. She has kind of a spunkier kind of angle to her acting. So it's, it was kind of fun to see um, a new, just a very different sort of take on what what a hero can be like in terms of just the performance, and then have that also be a villain. Um, really, I mean, she just she really did a lot with that that I really liked. Actually, it was um, it was the the show changed in the comics. It was a male. Uh, version of that same character and then they the gender bent it and then hooked her up with homelander which i thought was what? great i didn't even realize this was uh she's in you're the worst yeah aya cash or aya Asia, cash there we go or, thank you yeah yeah so you'll oh. probably see a lot more of her just like uh mar just like uh, anthony star when this show's over you're gonna see a lot of him i think from from now on i think you'll see a lot of her too yeah um and then you know they there's it, there's some other interesting moments throughout i don't you know that's the one again. All of them. Um, they once uh, Maeve crosses Homelander in a big bad way, and then um, you it's revealed that she has a lesbian partner, and and Homelander doesn't like that, so he right really amps up the fact like he basically forces Vought to like make you know Maeve like the sort of the spokesperson for all all like lesbians everywhere, and they they're like mm. you know product managing her, her partner, and it's just like it's it becomes just gross. So is, just kind of seeing that evolve was, was interesting. Is it the partner from season one? Like we see her have an argument with a former girlfriend and the reality show people are still trying to like film her like, you know, with. Uh, I think so. Like, yeah. So she so. And you know what? I honestly you bring that up and 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 uh, talking about like you you calling that back to mind that there was that. um Anyway, I'll connect the dots without having to get explicit on that. That's OK. The. um. I, it is interesting that you say everything's like over the top, like really on the nose in this season, because I do think one of the issues, although at the time I didn't see it as an issue, was it was like they were trying to hit so many targets with so much stuff that you were like, where are we going with this? You know, it was like all uh, and I guess that was just all American culture. But, you know, it was like they're trying to skewer like Christians. Uh, maybe it was all just Christians. But, you know, it was like there's a lot of like. Um, anti-homosexual bias and uh, I, I don't know it just it, it felt scattershot in that way of yeah. like it's not focused whereas I guess maybe having a um, uh, like a, a, uh, a racial exploration and like a social justice sort of theme at least kind of make coheres it a little bit you know because you couldn't really tell like what who like I don't know you know who's the <laughs> where are we going with season one <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it still feels a little scattered because they do try to, it seems like every time they have an opportunity to take it and just add one more thing, they do, you know, regardless right. of what it is. Um, one of my well, other favorite, oh, go ahead. Can I ask a really specific question? So there was yeah. a big plot point. This was one of the things I went back to season one to figure out and did not end up figuring it out. But like I said, I only made it through like six of the episodes. Okay, in season one, there's a big deal when they go to that revival, like that church revival thing, where they Starlight has been given a sexier costume, yeah. and then and then she does not like it, and and they tell her like image managing her, they're like, you need to wear the the wait, or does she choose to wear the old one at that festival? I can't remember, but there's like a picture, there's one thing where she's meeting a little girl, and the little girl's like, oh, I have your old costume, not your new one. She's like, I like this one better. And, you know, it's kind of like a theme that she doesn't want to be so um, sexy in her costume. Yeah. But then in 
season two, episode one, it's like the first shot is her walking out in the sexy costume with Homelander. Is that, uh, are we just meant to understand that like she's playing this role of like, I'm going to be buddy buddy with everyone while Huey and I work behind the scenes? Yeah, it's a little of that. It's also, she's terrified of Homelander. So you know, he's, okay. sort of, he's kind of, he's like, I mean, he is essentially an abusive husband to all of every member of the Oh, that's, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he... And and I guess with um, uh, uh, even with the Elizabeth deep, shoe gone, he's yeah. become more of the like image manager. Yeah, well, and even with I mean, like the deep's problems are fundamentally related to Homelander. Like everybody's problems on the seven, they're all yeah. they're all exacerbated or caused by him. Um, oh my god! And it's sort of and he kind of uses those to his advantage. So like Starlight's almost like a you know captor in some way. It's, yeah, I think it was almost just a home down or nail down the fact that it's like she's. She's really a part. She is a cog in this system now, um, and you know more so than ever. And so you get her, you see her earn a lot of her agency back uh, throughout okay, the season. Okay. And by the end, there's a really nice payoff to that, which I really like. Well, um, I guess that's I guess that's what I was trying to get you to spoil without just asking you to like spoil it. Was like I really want there to be some kind of payoff. To so interestingly <laughs> enough, I think all three of the main female characters outside of story. I th- well, just all all, fe- all the female. Actually, you know what? Every female, this, I just, I'm realizing this now, every major female character, this was almost their season. Like the male characters, we got to know more mm, so yeah. in season one and we get, I mean, there's still development. Like Billy meets his, you actually get to see his, his parents and the, his dad has one of the best cameos in the entire show's, you know, two seasons. It's amazing. God, I don't want to spoil Sam Neill. No, God, that would have <laughs> been amazing too. No. Uh, do you want, do you want to know who it is? Yes. Uh, John Noble. The guy from Fringe, oh. the guy from Lord of the Rings. He played uh, he played the the regent, uh, uh, like Boromir's dad. Um, uh, he was in Fringe. He was the the hmm. main guy in Fringe that everybody you know, uh, lauded his acting. Anyway, he's oh he yeah plays yeah his okay dad. I, I know this guy now. Okay, um, interesting. So no, that's a good he one. He popped up. I was like, oh my god, John Noble, there he is. Um, you get to learn more about Huey's background background, but it really is like like. A couple of things that are really interesting, like Starlight and Huey's relationship is explored further, but Starlight has way more agency about it than he does. He's almost like sort of the lost little puppy, and she—it's very clear she's very, you know, she's very sort of specific about what she wants, and it changes, and she's, you know, it's like, yeah. and she's constantly reevaluating that, that that's okay, that's not a a bad thing. I was like, well, that's yeah. a healthy way to represent this, and then, I, um, well, the I uh, mean, then, she. She had some of that in season one, you know, and I think that's where they, you know, to this degree, like miss the mark with Huey because he looks so much like a leading man, but they're trying to play it out like he's a geek and how weird it is that this geek is like friends with a superhero. And it's we could have like if that if if Haley Joel Osment were playing the Huey (laughs) character, totally would have bought into that whole thing. I've been like, wow, this is a mismatched pairing. No, if Haley Joel Osment was Huey, you wouldn't ever want to watch like like he would steal (laughs) all of Homelander's like Anthony Starr would be pissed because you can't you would detract too much. Like Homelander has to be the craziest character on the show. You can't go any deeper than that. So, no, the um, Kimiko, the Japanese uh, actress uh, or rather character. She's, um, she's the one gonna, they rescue in season one. Yeah, from, you're, you yeah. get a lot more. You meet her brother. You get a lot more about sort right. of um, her, her escaping. She's given so much more to do. Um, you know, you explore like kind of her sign language. Is expl- like she just gets a lot of a lot of you know development. Um, you know, even Frenchie tries to steal a kiss and she slaps him away. So like, yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of agency with her. And then um, Maeve, same thing. Like she, you know, she's put through a thousand miles of shit. Um, Queen Maeve walked through a thousand miles of shit to get to freedom. Uh, <laughs> she, she was, um, you know, but at the end of the day, she, you know, rose above it and really stepped up to, you know, try to make things, you know, make things even out, um, in, you know, in, in the right way. Becca, uh, Billy's wife, Becca, who's, you know, we find out is still alive at the end of season right, one. Right, right, right. She, uh, you know, she, I was worried about her because she was kind of one note. Um, as was Ryan, like she and Ryan, every time we cut to she and Ryan, I'm like, man, one of these characters is going to die because they're just not really giving them a lot to do. Um, but at the end, Becca does have a really, she has a, a, a really heroic moment, but then she, you know, I think she goes out the right way. She dies. Spoilers. Um, again, uh, she, Ryan. So basically, um, the very, very end. Okay. So at the, 
reason I bring all this up, all this like this this lady power stuff, is that there's two amazing moments that almost bookend each other in this series. The first happens, I think you may have even seen it in episode one. I think it's early. Um, they're filming this movie within the show that's based on the seven. It's very sort of Avengers or you know Justice right, League kind right. of you know the way it's very a lot of green screen, a lot of that kind of stuff. But there's this moment, there's a really hokey moment when I forget who what character they're focusing on, but it pulls. I think it's maybe Maeve, and then they swing around, and it's Starlight and uh, Stormfront, and who's the third? Well, it has to be Starlight, Stormfront, and Maeve. Then there's only three. The three ladies. Hmm. Anyway, but it, the pans around and they they have this like just very cheesy throwaway like girl power moment where it's like you know yeah you know, just even the the dialogue is just really super hokey um and you're thinking oh they're just trying to like they're just kind of making fun of the uh the moment in avengers when that ha- you know in end game when that happens well later on in the very last episode they they're having their final showdown with stormfront and uh queen mave shows up out of nowhere because it's starlight it's kimiko um, who's basically like Wolverine, you know, just without the claws. Um, and then it's, uh, I think like uh, Billy or somebody's trying to, you know, they're shooting at her from another thing. Well, Maeve shows up. Maeve, Kimiko, and Starlight start beating the living hell out of Stormfront. Like, I mean, in in mm. ways that if this were like a movie theater, there'd be people like, you know, fist pumping in the air, like standing up. Like, right. yeah. Like it was, it was exhilarating to watch. And it was like the totally op, totally opposite tone of that sort of hokey thing they did at the beginning. Like, this is like, oh no, this is the real version of that scene. Okay. Like it's just, it was very, it was just to say it was, I mean, satisfying was the best word. Well then somehow uh, she escapes. Um, she gets, she gets just, I mean, beaten to, beaten within you know nothing she escapes she finds becca she's trying to choke out becca and ryan uses his powers like for the first time and he just just blows stormfront away like she's just a chart she's like an anakin skywalker husk but he he can't control it well enough and it ends up slicing becca's throat a little bit and she dies but her final moment is to get billy to recognize that ryan needs a chance at life to to not be homelander like don't kill him don't you promise me you won't kill him promise me you'll you know you won't blame him for my death um so she basically like her parting Mm. her parting moment is to give billy like a chance of having a soul again um and he does like he actually he takes he basically says okay and he he was about to betray her earlier on in the episode he's about to betray his own wife and so like the he's been on a bit of a journey um and then they leave ryan ryan goes with the cia um they i guess they're going to take care of him now which is strange because that's you know homelander grew up in a lab-like environment so i'm just i'm worried about that um and yeah that's i think oh there's a bit of nice symmetry at the end of this of the final episode too where a train who is also recruited into the church of the collective um uh gets pissed because the david miscavige character um tells the deep he's he's negotiated his way back into the seven but not a train so a train digs up all the stuff on um on uh he's the one that provides all the evidence that the church has collected on um stormfront and then that provides it to the media so there's this beautiful <laughs> scene where what a train or the deep a train um because okay. at that moment the deep is um you know the the uh alistair has like you know, promise the deep that he can get back in. He's Alistair's working with the Giancarlo Esposito character, who's like the CEO of Vought. Um, okay. He's, he's trying to he's trying to work with him to curry favor and then like you know, hopefully have like two of the seven as Scientologists essentially. And so, uh, <laughs> A Train so many names just hit me that it was like I had the Game of Thrones blur of like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so A Train has there's this moment that echoes that scene in the first one where A Train kills freaking Huey's girlfriend. I forget her name. Um, yeah, I forget it too. Oh, it's too bad. Uh, remember her Robin, name. Robin. Robin, thank you. Yeah. Um, where he kills Robin. So it's like on the street, you know, and essentially there were, for a brief moment, there were three of them on the street. And that moment ends in, you know, horror. Well, A-Train trying to screw over um, Vaude essentially and, and uh, specifically um, Stormfront, like meets up with Huey and Starlight and gives him these files, like to help them. Basically, hmm. He finally, he's finally like, it's still, it's selfish, but it's a heroic moment. Finally. Um, so there might be some, there might be some redemption for him. So there's a bunch of other well, cool stuff that happens. The only, my only other thing that I did not like was that they cast freaking Giancarlo Esposito as, um, 
that CEO of Ott. And like, you know, they kind of, they hint at him a little bit last season, you know, Elizabeth Shue's character refers right, to him right, right. in kind of this like, Oh, you know, this, this sort of, you know, myth- mythological kind of CEO. Well, you, and you, inter- you meet him very briefly at the very end of season one. And you're thinking, Oh my God, he's going to be amazing. Amazing. He's like, that could have been anybody. That could have been any random actor. It had, the character had nothing to he's, offer. Yeah, he's totally underused. Like, it's, it was yeah. like, it was just a, it was, I mean, the CEO of Scientology was a more interesting character than, than yeah. the, uh, than the, the Edgar character. It was just, and especially after C- Elizabeth Shue just crushes it in season one. Like it's right. the same problem as not, nah, not quite, but it's a similar situation to Kingsman where like, you can't. Julianne Moore, as great as she is, like Samuel L. Jackson set a set a set a default in place. Like that's a, there's a tone, and you have to stay within that tone if you're going to be a villain in this franchise. And she didn't go far enough. That's why I think Jane Lynch would have been the best <laughs> Poppy, because Jane that. Lynch would have gone there, right? You just Recast. I mean, just imagine all those character, all those scenes with Jane Lynch playing Poppy, and it works so well. So you think like Elizabeth Shue, she set this amazing default. Yeah, Giancarlo yeah. would have been able to equal it. They just gave him more to do, and they just the, the script well, just didn't call for it. It was just too bad. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much of that is realizing, like, well, nobody can touch that, so we need to kind of underplay yeah. it this season. And the other, you know, someone else is going to emerge as the bad guy. So when we were talking about this uh, before recording, and I, I think we even mentioned at the beginning, part of this was for you to convince me to go on and watch it. And I'll tell you, so a few things that make me want to go on and watch it are that I, I don't necessarily need to keep up with all the threads from season one. Um, that there is a, like a, um, a bunch of redemptive moments for people or like, you know, getting their agency back kind of thing, because there's just, it's just hard to watch like defeat upon defeat, you know? Um, and that it that it sort of wraps up. Honestly, that's like the biggest selling point to me is I'm just I I think I hoped for that in season one. And then at the end, it was like, oh, my gosh, what a cliffhanger. But I, you know, I kind of liked it. But on the other hand, it's like you're just you're thinking like I now I got to wait to wrap this up later. And I, I that was one of the things I loved so much about Watchmen was it was like a piece, you know. Yeah, so and these, intentionally so it wasn't there wasn't even like a, a wink like well there might be more it's right, like, no 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 right. no 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 um, but no and season two ends it wraps up every loose end it introduces one big new one and kind mm. of like a kind of a smaller second one I guess I mean the second the second one is like well what will happen to Ryan you know you know he's going with right. the FBI or the CIA. Um, so, you know, he's going to, you know, and he'll be, he'll be back at some point or he'll be used as some chess piece at some point, I'm sure. But it's like, so there's a little bit of a question there, but they do this amazing, here's the biggest spoiler of all. They do this amazing thing <laughs> that I didn't, I usually catch this stuff before it hits. I'm usually great at being like, oh, this is going to be a twist. And, and this, I didn't see this coming at all. They concealed it so well. The AOC character, the representative uh, who holds that hearing and she kind of, she gets a little bit more screen time throughout the thing the very end she's talking to the the david miscavige character and like you're she you know she's basically like you realize that they're black she's a member of the church too and they're blackmailing her um you know and so like um they're like oh my god the church is gonna be this like sinister organization in season two and just as you're thinking that his head explodes and you realize that she is is enough they they give you another hero or rather a superpower person earlier on who's who can who's who was the one that made the fbi ladies head explode like you find out who that is well it turns out this this representative uh character has that same power and she was the one that blew up everybody's head in the hearing and it all of this these these, this chain of events led to her basically getting a super like a, a a uh uh, compound V oversight committee that has like a ama- all this amazing power. Cause she's basically in control of like, you know, how Vought operates, how, you know, basically putting in together like a, a soup registration program, like, which sounds a little sinister, but she comes at it from like, no, 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 we have to protect everybody. And it's, it's weird to see like kind of that X-Men, you know, like the villain congressman and X-Men kind of to be painted as like a sympathetic character at first. And then you yeah. realize that she's plotting all this stuff in the background and Huey, Sorry, yeah, Hugh has just, you know, Huey has just gone to work for her campaign because it sounds like she's either running for Senate or for president. Which is like, oh my God. Which is not a terrible, um, 
what what do I want to say? I remember um, film crit Hulk having a great distinction between like a cliffhanger and a and a loose thread. I yeah. and I I can't remember which one this one is. It's but I think it's more like it's okay not to tie up all the narratives. Oh no no, a, you gotta you leave. Know? This is like yeah. a, this is almost like the beginning of of season three. We just get a little taste of it. Right. You know, so it's not. It's and not if it doesn't like, develop, uh, if they don't make a season three, that's okay. You're left with this sort of mystery, you know? Exactly. And it lets them, I mean, they could wait. I mean, fortunately, they're gonna, well, they're probably going to have to now because of COVID, but they can wait now an extra year or two right. to make season three, and it won't matter. Like, you can be like, oh, these characters would still be at this place. You're, yeah, three. yeah, yeah. I think that, that describes, too, how season one ends off. It's because you're like, no, we need an answer to what just happened now. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> And um, yeah, when Film Crit Hulk, wrote which is that, why, it was a, which <laughs> is why Lost was so frustrating because every season they'd be like, ah, exactly, ha, ha, and they'd yeah, go yeah. away for like a year, and you're like, God damn it, oh, Perfect. come on. And when Film Crit Hulk said that, it was discussing Game of Thrones, oh, and he, yeah, and it yeah. was the whole frustration of like, we all know Jon Snow is coming back. Like you have done this in a bad way. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like this was this was awkward. Um, but uh, that. And honestly, too, I, I see the multiple targets of both seasons as being very Jonathan Hickman esque of like, I'm going to wrap in every crazy conspiracy into this one thing. And maybe that's. <laughs> oh, how interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I, some, you, sometime you it hit Hickman, me there when no. you went into the uh, uh, the AOC parallel and having that character be like a, um, you know, like there's a twist at the end, which yes, is a huge spoiler, but I'll point out that like when I just Googled the boys, a video of that moment was one of the top results with like a title that was like (laughs) explaining that crazy twist with what, like it had the name of the character and everything. I was like, great. You're just spoiling this for literally everyone that searches for the boys. It only concluded, give it at least a week. It only concluded on Friday. We're recording this on Monday. Come on. This is, Give it a little bit of time. No, so I think overall, and I've, you know, I'm not I'm not covering every uh, every detail, obviously, but I think overall, um, I'm happy I put the time in. Now, question of the day is: Do I prefer The Boys season two or Umbrella Academy season two? Oh, interesting. And I would say, uh, by a number of metrics, um, both technical and and just very subjective, I would say Umbrella Academy season two has my vote i like i appreciate what the boy what the boys did but there was something that uh there were very few moments that really stood out visually in the boys mm. season two meaning like that were just that kind of you know really just you know were beautiful to look at or very interestingly yeah. composed or you know and there was there were maybe two or three you know you always see people go well yeah well what about and they'll list like you know stormfront and homelander basically having sex in the air. Um, uh, not basically, they actually are. Uh, moments like that, I'm like, yeah, but there were like three of them. Like, there yeah. one, you know, they, they were very much meant to be sort of the event moments and they scattered them throughout the season. Umbrella Academy had a very distinct palette it was using and a very distinct, I mean, you could, t- you could see all the fun that uh, design team had, you know, building every set and doing all the costumes because they got to go back to the '60s, and they just had a, they had so much fun just building that world. I didn't really, I didn't get that joy in the boys. Everything just has a, a yeah. dark kind of depressing tone and feel, and you could say, yeah. well, that's a that's a tone of its own or a style of its own. I'm like, yeah, but it just doesn't. It it makes it 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 There's, makes it just hard to watch it consistently where like you know you one of the men's you're just like okay i'm glad there's a week because it's just too much whereas yeah, the yeah. academy you're like oh i want to see I, my eyes are craving another one of those like right exactly now. and um, and it's you know like they it was all done and wrapped you know it's this was yeah. not a typical tv show where they're shooting week to week or something like or that's not typical anymore i guess but you know umbrella academy is still presented like a netflix show where the whole season showed up at once yeah and amazon made this decision this year because i think last year boys all appeared at once but i'm not really sure but this uh, year they hmm, doled it out good question well they started I, with three episodes and then weekly after that right 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 and but i think well i wonder now i wonder now i kind of want to go back and and remember how that was released in last year but anyway it's i that's that is a good question to have answered. And I, I, you know, I don't like I will go check it out and see how far I can tolerate, like, you know, the themes over the gore. Um, 
But and a lot of this is just uh, pandemic related and like the attitude of I have in this moment. And we've talked about this, I think, on other episodes where I'm just trying to do a a practice better of like if I don't connect with a a work of art or a a, piece of media, like just just to give it up. Just be like, hey, I'm not hanging in there for this because there's so much other good stuff. And we're in such a weird state of things that it's like, man, I don't want to sit down and punish myself to get through stuff. You know, I'll just tell you, to, here, just here's what going. I'll tell you. If you're, if you're after this, you wake up tomorrow, you're like, well, oh, I like what he had to say, but I just, I don't know. I, I, at the very least, just watch the finale because it has, I would say pound for pound, it has the most amazing moments where I wish it almost feels a little top heavy or bottom heavy. Whatever <laughs> you want to put the t- heavy finale heavy. Cause it's just like everything kind of, it just, it weights everything down so much. Cause it's so badass. It's such a fulfilling conclusion. Um, like it's everything that, you know, the game of Thrones finale was not, it's just, it's, it hits all the moments in all the right ways, almost in kind of like breaking bad. It just wraps it up so well that you're just like, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I, um, that, that does make, I mean, honestly, like I, we, you know, you and I've talked about this for days preceding our recording. And I thought this weekend, like I thought, oh, you know, I should just watch the first episode and the last episode, classic Taylor, uh, Marvel series viewing and because that's like how you handle Daredevil and stuff <laughs> and oh, you know yeah. see if that leads me to the middle um, but then I thought no I'm going to wait for our talk and see if that makes me want to kind of like keep going because God, I forgot Daredevil even happened oh man I didn't so yeah there's so much any of those season twos of any of those shows so it, this yeah this conversation definitely makes me feel like okay I don't need to like punish myself with season one which yeah. again the first time i watched it i didn't feel like it was punishing it's just going back to it and feeling like oh i'm getting i'm slogging through a lot of gore to get to the story points if i don't need to do that i can jump into season two and you know just see what where where it takes me so i'll say one more thing in 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 favor of umbrella academy uh over the boys and that the umbrella academy goes out of its way to take these very flawed people and make you love them being together like you like the fact that they find each other and they get more comfortable with each other like you root for that and like you're like you want them to be make themselves make each other better well with the boys it's just like after it ends you're like i kind of don't want to be around these miserable people much longer Uh, (laughs) like i'm glad it's done i'm glad i think that's a huge point and maybe maybe the thing is like you know um uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of Guilfoyle's uh, <laughs> um, ap- apology. Like, I hate to invoke the Nazarene, but you know, <laughs> Jesus willing, like, if this you know pandemic can end and we can get on the other side of it and feel more hopeful about our world, maybe I, you know, like it's interesting for me that maybe that's a better time to watch something like that if you're feeling dragged down by yeah, the negative yeah. characters. Because I think last year it felt like of the you know the boys felt like a part of the of the moment you're in and then watchmen felt like really prescient and also you know like reflective of what we were going through and also prescient of what was to come this summer with all the you know race, racial justice like struggles and so then to have the boys again you're right like you're sitting for like eight hours with these really miserable well and the umbrella like, it's difficult. like i love that progression because yeah the the first boys was like a big middle finger and everybody's just feeling the middle right. finger it's like yeah culturally yeah Watchmen was like oh my god oh wow i mean just kind of turn the turn the dial to something more serious more pressing and and, and like little did we know how <laughs> yeah how sort of of the moment it would be and then i think umbrella academy was kind of like the nice like Everybody, it's it'll be okay. It was the nice blanket that came right when it needed to come. So right now, like we don't need a middle finger again. Well, we don't need to be reminded. Like we don't need the, the work of Watchmen rehashed. We don't need a middle finger again right now. It's almost just like we need right. kind of. It's almost like we just need a show that's. I you know honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to WandaVision for this exact reason. Oh, I yeah. think okay, that cool. show will be of the moment in a way we never anticipated. Like, you know, just, just, Good it has a, a, it has a moment. I watched that trailer again and again going, God, I can't wait. Damn, I was, I, I was on board. It. Oh man. I was on board for it anyway. Um, just on principle. Cause I just, I like the, the, I like the, the episodic. Uh, and I think the, honestly, the episodic stuff is where Marvel's really going to shine. Um, yeah. the MCU, but no watch. You haven't seen that trailer yet. No. For, Oh, dude, as soon as we're done, go watch that trailer. It is, <laughs> I, you know, at least 25 of those now. views are me um, <laughs> in that total. So cool. It's well, fantastic. Anyway, go, we, no, we, should be, I, we should be done. 
I was tying us up. If you know, for more for our last season discussion of the boys, for our discussion of Watchmen, visit panelism.inc. You'll find all of our episodes there. That's Inc. I N K. That is actually a web domain. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, which is panelism.inc. Again, and uh, those are the best places to reach us. And I think we're going to have lighter topics to discuss, either in the very next episode or. You just heard him in the preceding episode. I don't know our release schedule. But. Well, I have a lot. Of, if it's if it's the next episode, I've got a ton of new comics that I want to talk about. Oh, so nice. We'll have, a, we'll have a nice little potluck. For I have everybody. I have some happy stuff. So um, good. Cool. Yay. Well, until cool. then, I've been yeah. Todd A. You, you have. Yes. I, I, yes, I have. I have. I'm going to press the stop button now. Yes, do it. <laughs>